Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I I have not much to say. I'm good. I feel like the uh, spring equinox brought some motivation with her. Nice, nice. <laughs> I've gotten a lot done today and I'm thinking I feel a lot more motivated than I have in a couple of months. So yeah, I was hoping that would happen. That's uh we were just shaking off the dregs of the you know, the winter solstice and this is good energy for us to be in, I think. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm good. How about you? Good. Um I've had um a day of comedy of errors that, you know, sometimes <laughs> when it starts it just will not friggin' stop. Okay. Mm-hmm. I lost my debit card today. Oh, dear. Brand new account. We're about to get money deposited into it from our house, from our house, like refi. Yeah. Tomorrow. And somewhere I was at the laundromat because our dryer is broken. Then I was wandering around the mall waiting to pick up my nephew. I have no freaking clue where that dumb card is. So I called the bank and said, hey, this happened. Uh, Please cancel that card immediately. So they did. And I went to the bank and they made me a new card, which was really nice. I mean, it it all worked out okay. Yeah. But in the midst of this, my cell phone just started freaking out. And you guys have to understand, as podcasters, as professional psychics, Mm -hmm. we live on our phones. We work from our phones. They're very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I missed a couple of readings that were like, had a time frame on them and when they had to be due because yeah. I couldn't open the app to uh-huh. do them. Um, I couldn't open my email anymore. It would just open and crash like app after app after app was just crashing all over my phone. And I tried all the stuff I would normally try. None of it worked. It just kept happening. And so when that oh, happens, man. you know what you do? You You go buy a new phone. Yeah. So I did. I went and bought a new phone and getting it all set up and getting it ready to go. Well, I'm a diabetic and I have a CGM, which is a continuous glucose monitor. It's a little monitor that I is attached to my arm. Uh-huh. Well, I just assumed that all current phones like will read those. Right. Uh, yeah. I bought a phone that doesn't read my text. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> so it's been a day, my friends, you know, fortunately, I own a monitor for my CGM. I can just carry it in my purse, whatever. It's a little yeah. less convenient, but it's fine. But for hell's sakes. Right. <laughs> can it stop? I just need to go to bed. That's all. It sounds but I can't like it. Because we have a really, what is the word for this case? Uh, you know, my favorite word these days is bonkers for stuff like yes. this. <laughs> so, bonkers um yeah you said something about a a belligerent turd rodeo recently and i think that, that yeah. kind of fits this case as well mm-hmm. so uh let's get right to it this is the murder tr- murders of Derek and nancy hasem yeah but it's really much more of the story is about their daughter, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. and her boyfriend at the time, Jens Soaring. Mm-hmm. You may have heard of this case, these cases. They actually were kind of, were quite landmark in some ways. And they're quite old. 
Um, this was in the mid 80s. Yeah. However, they have quite relevancy just in the last couple of years as well. Oh, yeah. So we decided to cover this case. And I, ever since we did, I've kind of wanted to poke my eye out because I've watched. Oh, Oh, so much stuff. So we're not going to get into all of the minute details because trust me, we do not have that kind of time. And oh, no. you do not have, have that time. We have to do a series and we don't yeah. want to do a series no. on this you, case. You don't have that kind of um, staying power, Bandwidth. trust me. No. Yeah. So let's just give you the basics here. So Elizabeth Haysom was uh, born in Salisbury, Rhodesia. She's actually a Canadian citizen, and she lived with her parents, Derek and Nancy Hasem, and they kind of traveled around to different places. She was raised uh, pretty wealthy. She went to private schools in Switzerland and England, mm -hmm. and then after a little stint of running away and bumming around Europe for a while, her parents managed to coax her home and send her to the University of Virginia, yeah. where she met Jens Soaring. And this is kind yes. of a, if you call follow our other cases, this is sort of the collision, like the collision of Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. Like mm -hmm. this is a match made in hell, frankly, yeah. between yes. these two crazy people. These two really privileged, spoiled, yes. entitled children. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So Jens um, was born in Bangkok, Thailand, but he was actually a German citizen. And his father was a kind of a low-level diplomat. And he came to the United States as a kid and went to the Lovett School in Atlanta, Georgia, another, um, you know, pr private school, of course, and, you know, went to the University of Virginia, and he and Elizabeth fell madly in love. Mm -hmm. So he was 18, and Elizabeth was 20. And they wrote these unbelievable letters to each other, mm -hmm. and, and um, entries in their diaries. And they were unhealthily obsessed with one another mm -hmm. and it was very um elizabeth had a nickname of lady macbeth yeah which um yeah that's not a compliment no at all yeah no. they were very high drama you know about oh, their yes. relationship so and life in general i'm guessing yes yeah. And, and life in general, right? Yeah. If if you knew them now, you would want to just slap them both silly, frankly. Mm -hmm. Because they're very privileged, spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. So Elizabeth liked to complain about her parents quite a lot, you know. Constantly. The, yeah. The people who were, you know, paying for everything for her. Mm -hmm. And she um she complained a lot about how they were unfair to her. Maybe they abused her, some of the stuff we think she made up. She has later said she made up implied abuse. Um, and so at some point, she lets Jens know that they do not approve of their relationship. Yeah. Even though they didn't really know Jens, you know. And so he's just desperate because he is, this is like, this is his first relationship. This yeah. is his first sexual relationship. He is obsessed with Elizabeth. Uh -huh. He cannot lose her, right? 
So they start talking about what they're going to do. How are they going to handle this? What, or where, whatever will we do if Elizabeth's parents cut her off and stop paying for everything for her? That was like her biggest fear. Yeah. Was that they would cut her off and stop paying for college and giving her money because, yeah. you know, she didn't exactly like have a job or anything, you know? Yep. And from this wackadoodle relationship between these two begins a conversation about wouldn't it be handy if Elizabeth's parents just died, you know? Yeah. We don't want to kill them, but wouldn't it be great if they were just gone? Yeah. yeah. If they sort of disappeared off the planet magically. Yeah. Um, so then a very fated event occurs and that is, and, and there are many versions of this story, mm-hmm. but they go to Washington, D.C. So they drive from the University of Virginia, they rent a car and they drive to Washington, D.C., supposedly for a weekend getaway, you know. Um, college students can afford to do only the privileged ones right you know I think about our college students they're like desperate if they can even if can just drive home for a visit you know oh, right yeah but no they're going for a little weekend trip to Georgetown so they check into a Marriott hotel they order room service for two mm-hmm. they buy movie tickets to go to the movies all this stuff right yeah well in the midst of this trip unbeknownst to not these guys yeah um somebody goes to elizabeth's parents house in a place called loose cuttings which is a really weird name for a place it was no that was the name of their house oh that's right that was the name of the house so mama was english and she named their homes yeah that's for some reason she named this home loose cuttings loose cuttings yeah to their home that was in also in Virginia and murders them. Yeah. Slits their throats, stabs them so many times. The crime scene absolutely traumatized everyone who ever saw it. It was one of the most horrific crime scenes. Most of those investigators had ever seen. Yeah. Blood everywhere. Uh And so initially Elizabeth and Jens are not suspects, but they start, you know, looking for who would want to kill these two, you know, and they just can't really find anything. They're not finding, you know, anything in their circles or histories that would indicate that maybe they should be murdered by someone. And then they start questioning family members and they question Elizabeth and they look into this trip to DC and what they find is that the rental car had way too many miles on it to have just gone to DC and back. Uh-huh. And they have real questions about that. And of course, Elizabeth's answer is, well, we got lost a lot. Yeah. And it turns out like that where she a lot. Like a lot, like yeah. several hundred miles. And you know, it turns out that I don't know if, if you've ever been, I recently was there and you when you drive to DC from Virginia, there is this one highway that actually goes through a national park. And it's the only way to get there. Like, yeah. and it's like two lane on either side. It is not the kind of 
road you would expect in a place, a metropolitan place like that. But it turns out that where they were coming from, where they're in school to DC, there is literally only one way and it is one road and it is a straight shot. Mm-hmm. So it didn't make much sense that they would be lost. Like yeah. this just didn't, this didn't make sense. So they took Elizabeth's fingerprints and blood and all that stuff. Like they had all the other family members and yeah. And then they decided to question Jens, the policeman. And they tell Jens he's got to come in because he needs to get his fingerprints and his blood and everything. And well, Jens kind of freaks out. He loads up everything he owns. He wipes down his entire apartment, like wipes Mm -hmm. down everything everything to keep them from getting his fingerprints. And he disappears to Europe. Yep. And shortly to follow him is guess who? Elizabeth. So, you know, without the cash cow of her parents, they're kind of bumming around in Europe for a while, evading the police, mm-hmm. and they're but, committing check fraud. Right, because they don't have any money. You so, know, yeah, as apparently privileged young people who never considered maybe they should get a job, they were committing check fraud. So they ultimately, they get arrested in London, and they end up in jail, and They've got with them all these crazy letters they're writing to each other mm-hmm. and and journal entries and stuff. And some of it, Im, you know, implies involvement in Elizabeth's parents' death. Yeah. Yes. And so some of the police there, they reach out to some police in Virginia and are like, hey, are you like... Missing a guy named Yen Soaring by chance or a girl named Elizabeth. <laughs> Miss him. Anybody like that go missing? Because mm-hmm. we've got some letters that kind of indicate maybe they were involved in something. Are there some dead people you're trying to solve? Like, they're like, <laughs> we've got something going on here in the police. Mm-hmm. Like, hells to the yes. Yeah. So Elizabeth goes back to Virginia. And Yen's doesn't no so Jens ends up in Germany because Jens is a German citizen so we'll talk about Jens first and then we'll get to Elizabeth yeah so Jens goes ends up in Germany because he's a German citizen and he kind of decides that hey I probably not gonna be in too much trouble with this because my dad is a diplomat and I'm a German citizen. It's not like mm-hmm. they're going to send me back to the U.S. where they have the death penalty because Germany doesn't have the death penalty. Right. And that was it. true at first. Yes. And that was all true at first. So he just sings like a canary. He just tells, lays out the whole story about how he leaves Elizabeth in D.C. She's the one who buys the food and the movie tickets and he drives there mm-hmm. and he goes in. And he sits down and he has a meal with her parents and then everyone's drinking and they start having this yelling match. And he pulls out a knife that he, you know, brought with him Uh and he cuts her dad's throat and he's fighting and won't die. And they have this huge like grappling match where he Uh finally gets him down. He stabs him like 48 times and that her mother runs in the kitchen to get a knife to try to defend her husband. And, but Jens overpowers her, cuts her throat anyway. Yeah. Tells this whole story, right? Yeah. Says that he 
has to leave most of his clothes behind because they're covered in blood and he puts them in a dumpster nearby and wraps himself in a bed sheet to get in yeah. the car and drive back. Yeah. And at one point realizes that the porch light is on and is worried that that's going to attract attention. So he goes back in the house in his stocking feet to turn off the light. Mm-hmm. And what he doesn't know is that the switch for that light is in their bedroom, weirdly. Mm-hmm. And so he can't find it. But he leaves this one bloody, bloody. sock footprint. Because yeah. he's done a bunch of other cleaning up. And like he's swirled all the blood around to get rid of the footprints. He's wiped stuff down. Like he's made a, he's done some pretty significant forensic countermeasures to make sure they're not going to find him in all of this. Right. So he just tells this whole story. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I did it. This is what I did. You know? Well, he told the police in England when they're first uh, questioning him, he says, Will I be tried for this in Germany? Because I'll do like five years. Yeah. And he really thought that would be the case. So it didn't matter what he said. He was going to be tried there. He'd get like five years. It was done and done. Yeah. Yeah. So he thinks, oh, he's golden. No big deal. Right. So in the meantime, he also thinks Elizabeth will have told on him. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, okay, I'm just going to get this over with. So Elizabeth goes back to Virginia. And in a very creepy, borderline kind of way, tells the story mm-hmm. and implicates him in the whole thing and pleads guilty, mm-hmm. basically, to accessory before the fact. Mm-hmm. She gets 45 years for each death. She expresses remorse that she's sorry this happened, that she, you know, kind of tries to say that she didn't really mean for him to do it, you know, and all that kind of Yeah. But she was just saying it. She didn't think you'd actually like do it, do it. And yeah. Yeah. So she like just goes, you know, done and done. I'm, you know, I'm getting done with this. Mm-hmm. And goes Doesn't to seem to really realize that she's going to get that much time. Right. You know, right. it's a way she's... bigger sentence than she expected to get. Right. It's a huge sentence. But I mean, she just admitted to sending her boyfriend off to murder her parents well they both were so arrogant and they both Uh, acted like it wasn't that big of a deal yeah you know it it, their behavior sociopaths like they just like well you know we we just wanted them out of the way so we could just live a happy life and yeah so that elizabeth could um you know inherit their estate so that we would have what we needed blah 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 Mm -hmm. you know like it was nothing well, the state of Virginia didn't think it was nothing. And they definitely didn't think it was nothing when they went to Yen Soaring because mm-hmm. they fought. This literally has changed laws and the way that um, legal charges for people who are outside the U.S. Ha- have happened. Like, this yeah. was a big deal. Mm-hmm. So they fought for, like, three years mm-hmm. to get Yen Soaring sent to Virginia to be tried. Mm-hmm. And, and finally did. had to agree that they would not give him the death penalty. Because that was right. the whole argument, is that the European Union did not uh, agree with the death penalty. And so they weren't going to let him be extradited. But it, finally they agreed, right. we will not give him the death penalty. They signed an affidavit, you know, uh, certifying that. And that's when they finally released him and let them extradite him back to Virginia. Yeah. 
So they extradite him back to Virginia. And the cops in Germany send along, you know, these, their tapes in German that are him confessing to all of it. And they have to go get a professor, um, a, a German, a, you know, professor in German to translate the whole thing. And he just lays out the whole thing. This is what I did. It, it corroborates exactly with what Elizabeth says. Uh-huh. And then they get him into court where he says, oh, no, none of that's true. I yeah. didn't do it. Um, I, I thought I was in love. I thought I was protecting Elizabeth. I was afraid of what was going to happen to her. I didn't do any of it. She did it all. And uh-huh. I think she had an accomplice or two, but he kind of shed some light on maybe see these maybe. other guys yeah. that it could have been, although they've never found any evidence actually of that. Um, they have found some fingerprints that they cannot identify, but you don't know that those were part of the crime. Like there's just. Well, and anyway. some DNA. They've now found some DNA of two men from the yes. crime scene that are not these guys. Right. Yeah. There are. So we we don't really know. But Jens, you know, oh, I didn't do it. We just we just flipped our stories that the mm-hmm. story that I told is the story she she did and what is exactly what she yeah. told me. And this and what I did is the story that she told that she did. And that's what she told me. So we just swapped stories. Because we thought that I would be tried in Germany. It wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. This is basically the story that he tells. Uh-huh. So then, you know, of course, the jury is hearing this whole thing. Like, what the hell? Yeah. So they bring in a sort of expert. They bring in a guy who is an expert in tire marks. <laughs> and this is where I think the prosecution kind of went a lot wrong. Mm-hmm. So they take this sock print, which, by the way, no, sock prints are not definitive, yeah. but they match it up to his foot. You know, it's sort of like the O.J. Simpson. If the glove fits, you must yeah. you know, acquit kind of thing. So they match it up to his foot and it does match. I mean, they basically have the foot. And then remember, this is in the 90s, early 90s, right? Or late. I mean, late 80s. Yeah. And so. You know, they've got the foot and then they have this like clear sheet overlay on top of it. Look, they match. Yeah. That's what they've got, basically. It's it's not great evidence. Yeah. It's not great evidence at all. So they do, but they say, yeah, he did it. Here's all of his confessions, you know. And of course, you know, his attorneys and he, you know, they try to explain that away, but it's pretty hard to explain away. Uh, they, but they really have very little evidence. Yeah. But ultimately, he is convicted of two first-degree murder counts uh-huh. and given life in prison because they can't give him the death penalty. Yeah. So fast forward. This was in, what, 1987? Eight. Is when he was eight, when he was convicted, and she was in 87. Uh-huh. Fast forward to 2019. Yeah. When the governor of Virginia decides they have served long enough, they have both had 15, 16 chances at parole Mm -hmm. in all of this time and been denied every single time. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, Jens has um, put together a a kind of a group of groupies and Mm -hmm. and um, 
legal experts who really feel that he is innocent. Uh-huh. And so they've been trying through um, these parole hearings to get him out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, some sheriffs and, you know, other legal people, as well as some celebrities that have all kind of come together and gone, this kid's actually innocent and we have to help him get free from this. Yeah. Right. You know, Jens, while in in prison, has been a rather prolific writer mm-hmm. and written a lot about his story. He converted from Buddhism to Catholicism, done some Catholic writing. So he's he's kind of captivated people's attention while he's in prison. So mm-hmm. he's got these people helping him. And in 2019, the governor of Virginia orders both of them, uh-huh. Elizabeth and Jens, to be paroled. Yep. On the, with the not agreement. pardoned, but no, paroled. not pardoned, paroled. So released way early, way, way, way early, and with the caveat that they must be deported to yep. their home countries, which is Canada for Elizabeth and Germany, and is Germany for yep. Jens. And so that's what happened. Yeah. So So she actually sits in ICE custody for a while before before she actually gets transferred to Canada. He was pretty immediately taken to Germany. Uh, It took her a little while to get out of the States, but yeah. She doesn't have anybody on her team. No. Elizabeth doesn't have anyone advocating for her. Elizabeth no. has never given an interview about any no. of this. There's no. nothing. We know nothing really about her and how she's handling life. And, yeah, you know, Jens can't get off the news. I mean, he loves to yeah. be interviewed and he's talked and talked and talked. Elizabeth mm-hmm. is like, I'm just going to disappear. Right. Oh, he's well, been on Dr. Phil and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, he has. Well, and he had a sponsor, too. He had someone who was yes. willing to say, I will take him mm-hmm. and I, he can live with me. And, you know, I Elizabeth didn't really have that. I don't think she really had anybody to go to. Oh, I no, don't. she had four siblings that were half siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so her parents were both previously married. When they got married, Elizabeth was the only child that they had had together. And so these older siblings basically were like, yeah, you kill our parents. So bye-bye, you know, right, they have yeah. not hung in there with her at all. No, she hasn't no. had anyone. So now they're out. And their big question is, mm-hmm. what's really true in this case? Is Yen Soaring innocent? Was Elizabeth Hasem actually there when her parents were killed and she enlists the help of two other people who've never been named in this case? Did she just manipulate him into doing it? I mean, what's actually the truth? Because really, in spite of everything that has happened here, we don't honestly know. No. And at the end of the day, there are two dead people. Right. You know, there are. Well, and now these people are out. And right. in their own communities, like, mm-hmm. you know, who's the who's the cold blooded killer? We need to keep an eye on here. You know, right? Is it both of well, them? What's the question here? So I know you right. have a pretty strong opinion about this. 
I do. I I'm do. a little more on the fence. So I want to hear what you have to say. I think that he's telling the truth uh, second time around. Kind of. I do think that he knew it was happening. I do think that he was the one that stayed in D.C., ordered the food, bought the tickets, hung out. I do think that she drove to her parents' house, and I do think that she met two other people there. I think that she was quite the letter writer. She was really into acting mm -hmm. and drama, and she was dramatic. And I think mm -hmm. that she yeah. had other people that she was also writing letters with and having, you know, not like this was her love. He was her love. But I think she had other people that she had convinced that her life was this big dramatic problem. And she mm -hmm. had talked into killing her parents for her. I do it's think that the sock print was hers. And see, there's been some question about yeah. that, that she actually asked a neighbor about that right mm -hmm. after it happened, before it was cleaned up, if the police mm -hmm. were looking at the sock print. Yeah. I really think the sock print was hers. I think she told him everything. I think he knew everything that happened. And again, I think that they thought that he could just claim it was him and he would be tried in Germany and it wasn't going to be that big of a deal. She also seemed to think that, you know, they wouldn't have, uh, she couldn't believe that she was given that much time. And I think neither of them right. thought this was going to really happen if they got mm -hmm. caught. Because really, they thought they were going to be able to waltz around Europe and do whatever they wanted, yeah. you know. But here's, so I do think that there were actually two other men involved. I think they were also students at her school. For him, this was a show of, if you love me, you will do this. Right. If you love me, you will cover for me. If you love me, you will lie for me. And he was so head over heels, disgustingly in love with her, that he would do anything to prove it. Oh, because no. if he didn't. She had these two other people here that uh, that would. killed for her. Yeah. Right. Well, and there was that whole story about what he said is when they came to D.C., it was because she owed a drug dealer money because she was back doing heroin and that she had to go help him with the delivery in order to uh, pay her debt or whatever. Mm -hmm. and this is why they needed the alibi. Mm -hmm. So there was, you know, th there are a lot of different stories, mm -hmm. um, but there was that whole story, you know, and they have said, there's just no way in hell she could have murdered her dad. He no. was way bigger than her. Yeah. He was, his throat was slit so deeply that he was nearly decapitated. Right. Like, I'm not convinced no that he could either. That. Yeah. He is this little wiener. He was only 18. He was a bookie he's a little wiener <laughs> a I bookie he's quite tall but yeah he's, he's yeah not a super like buff guy i think she knew that he couldn't actually physically kill anybody mm -hmm. i don't think he was up to it so she had someone else that went with her and they totally missed that fact because they were so determined well he admitted it you know so why would they look for anyone else right i mean he it completely put all of the attention on himself stupidly and he says that now mm -hmm. yeah. you know that he was an idiot that he was a child he was only 18 mm -hmm. years old when all of this happened yeah that she had so much influence on him i mean i hate to use our term but she of the golden vagina oh, yeah yet again strikes mm -hmm. again with glitter man so i mean <laughs> glitter, yeah. 
he had yeah. so much influence over him. Yeah. And clearly, you know, just watching her testify in court. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Her ability to manipulate and to manipulate men particularly. Mm-hmm. It was all over. I've seen it. I have seen young girls like her mm-hmm. in my work as a social worker. Yeah. Being able to manipulate the men around them with the way that they speak and the way that they look yeah. and the way that they fawn all over them. You know, I mean, it's it's a skill and she has it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. And honestly, the world's probably lucky she ended up behind bars for the better part of her life because holy hell, she is something. Yeah, she is something. And and it, I'm interested to sort of keep an eye on her name. You know, is she just going to keep a mm-hmm. super low profile for the rest of her life? I mean, I assume she probably will. Uh, yeah, I has have not. wondered. Oh, no. <laughs> but I have really wondered what uh, Canada has done with her. You know, yeah, did I they just too. take her back to Canada? I can't find anything. I've searched all afternoon. Yeah, did they nothing. just take her to Canada and turn her loose? Really? I kind of doubt it. I wonder if she's in a halfway house or what kind of probation they have her on or what kind of supervision they have her on. I just fail to see Canada just taking her back and going, all right, well, here you go. Have a nice life. Yeah, I do, too, because that's exactly what Germany did with Jens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. And he's, he's doing it. Yeah. He's, Footloose and fancy free and making money off his story. Mm-hmm. Can't ever come back to the U.S., of course. No, no. They're but, both banned. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the main reasons cited by the governor for letting them out was fiscal. Oh, yeah. It was we don't want to have to pay for any more of this nonsense with these two. We just want them out of our country now. Let's send yeah. them back to their home countries and let them deal with them. Mm-hmm. It's a scary thought. I mean, I in a way, I sort of understand it, but they killed two people in Virginia. You know, where's, where's the, the justice for them? Yeah. yeah. Because whether Jens did it or not, he was complicit. I mean, oh, yeah, on. he knew. Totally. He knew. He knew everything. Yeah. And OK, yeah, play the, you know, um, you know, puppy love card if you want. But, you know, there is a line, and he definitely yeah. crossed it. Oh, 100%. He absolutely knew everything that was going to happen, everything that did happen. I mean, they had their stories straight pretty damn good. Well, they did, because it was very easy to believe his initial confession, because mm-hmm. he had so many details that only the murderer would have. Yeah. No, he did give the location of the bodies incorrectly. Yeah, he did. And he talks about that um, in one of the interviews that I saw about that he misunderstood what she said. Mm -hmm, About about where where dad's body was. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he he said said dad's body was. Yeah. That he's innocent. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. I had forgotten that fact. Yeah, this is a hell of a case. I mean morons yes killers Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. yeah exactly you know i i don't know i just can't i can't let yens off the hook because no he whether he was physically there or not he knew what happened Mm -hmm. he didn't turn her in no Um, and then he fled with her to europe where they were what they were doing in europe 
is they had a bunch of fake IDs Mm -hmm. and they were going into banks, opening bank accounts, getting a checkbook, and then completely emptying that checkbook in department stores Mm -hmm. and then going back in and returning everything they bought while the checks bounced. Yeah. And they were on their third bank by the time they finally caught them. Yeah. So, you know, this kid is far from innocent from lots of things. I mean, that was the reason they got caught was all of that fraud. Right. Right. But they were so arrogant that they thought they could just go do something like Mm -hmm. that in Europe and no one would ever catch them Mm -hmm. or know who they were. And they were writing letters to each other about Mm -hmm. the shit that they'd done. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, the arrogance. Wow. Well, that was one of the things that the uh, investigators in England had said about him is that immediately he was extremely arrogant. He was extremely rude. Interestingly, that's exactly what her parents didn't like about him mm-hmm. was his arrogance. Yeah. And well, he was I'm 18. Sure. Who are you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure that they saw it that just bring out hers too, because she was arrogant and difficult. Mm-hmm. Had been a difficult child there, you know, her mm-hmm. whole life. Well, I'll tell you. So there's an interview done with him in one of the documentaries I watched, and this was done in 2016. And he came into the room with two pairs of eyeglasses. And he said, which of these would you prefer? It's up to you how I look on camera. Which of these would you prefer that I wear? Mm -hmm. He was in prison at the Mm -hmm. time and had been granted permission to give this interview. And have different pairs of eyeglasses to frame the look. Yeah. Right. I I was like, geez, holy crap. Like, first of all, he was pretty damn lucky that he had two pair. Obviously, Mm -hmm. someone was paying those for him. But then to be that arrogant that, well, how would you like me to appear? Yeah. You know, other than an inmate in this prison for, for, you know, being involved in these murders. I just. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a story that he tells about. I think it was Dr. Phil that asked him, how did you survive in prison? You weren't really built for this, you know, so consider this. I mean, at the time the kid's 21, he, again, is this weird little worm that, uh, you know, he's not looking like the other guys in prison, right? Mm-hmm. And he, what he does is he finds two guys that basically are running the the business of stuff. So, yeah. and he teaches them to be better businessmen. Yeah. And so basically the, the gist is that you, uh, they're, they're basically loan sharks in prison. Yes. They're loan sharks in prison. You, you get two things from them and owe them three. And that's how Mm -hmm. their, their process works. So we're talking about like things like cigarettes, cheeses, you know, Mm -hmm. snacks, things like that, that they can have or buy from the commissary and things like that. Mm -hmm. So he revolutionizes their business because, uh, he teaches them that the, Good customer service is key. And if you're going to be shitty to the people who are your customers, they'll just find someone else. And so they start providing excellent customer service to the other inmates and streamline the way they get paid and the way the services that they offer. And business is booming. And he's their new BFF and business advisor. And they protect him. And that's how he manages to start getting by in prison without, you know, just getting his ass killed every day. Right. Yeah. Well, and he actually said, maybe some business owners would like me to come and speak and do a conference 
and teach them about how to streamline business. Mm-hmm. It was like, dude, uh, yes. you are way overestimating your skills here. Yeah. <laughs> Arrogant still? Yes. Check. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that story killed me though. Seriously. Yeah. But that's who we're dealing with here. But, you know, it's the interesting thing that he kept himself in the limelight throughout this whole thing. And mm-hmm. Elizabeth, she pled guilty. She said she was sorry and regretted what she did. And she disappeared. Like, there's just nothing about her. And yet, Jens still loves the spotlight. Yeah. You know, even now, 30 mm-hmm. years of prison later, yeah. he's loving the spotlight. And that is... Mm-hmm. that's very suspect to me mm-hmm. you know yep. yep well when he gets back to germany there's a clip on youtube of him walking into the room and everyone's cheering and clapping and he's waving and taking the microphone and he's like a celebrity yeah yeah, yeah. in their that's eyes insane. He's, he's innocent because mm-hmm. he was released yeah that's not why yeah. he was released and he was not pardoned he no. is still a two-time first mm-hmm. degree murder murderer mm-hmm. in the united states in the eyes of the law yeah yeah in the eyes yeah. of our law i guess not yeah. the eyes of other law german but, law yeah but yeah but he was also, treated like a celebrity when he returned so in germany he would have been tried as a child right at 18 and a child that was charged with murdering two people he believed would have only gotten around five years very I, interesting well, because he was trying to, he started minimizing a lot of the things that happened, trying to make it diminish capacity. So mm-hmm. he talked about how he didn't quite remember what he'd done and they'd been drinking a lot and he wasn't mm-hmm. really familiar with alcohol. And, yeah. You know, like he hadn't planned this to happen. Mm-hmm. It was just an accident. Everyone got upset. And, yeah. you know, he because he thought if he got to Virginia, he would be able to uh, claim diminished capacity. Mm-hmm. Well, newsflash, Virginia doesn't have diminished capacity. No. You know, yep. one thing a lot of people don't understand about the United States is that as far as our criminal laws are concerned, they differ wildly from state to state. Oh, yeah. And he really kind of got screwed there. That was his mm-hmm. plan all along. And then when he got here, his defense team discovered that, oh, diminished capacity is not a thing in Virginia. Yep. So there was a lot of manipulation around what mm-hmm. he said and how he said it and how that would come across and how that would affect what he sentence he received, mm-hmm. none of which worked for him at all. No, no, nope, not a bit. No, but I but mean, it is Elizabeth interesting, though, that only got right. not much less time than him. Right. I mean, she got 90 years. Right. In hindsight, with both of them. Without his confession, there was really no evidence besides right. the sock print, which, you know, doesn't mean much. But uh, there mm-hmm. really wasn't much evidence to tie either one of them to the crime. There was that. There was the uh, exorbitant amount of miles on the car. Yeah. Even though. But uh, again, they couldn't prove anything. They couldn't prove that they were in her home state. They're, yeah, they couldn't prove anything. Right. But. At any rate, it was his confession that sunk their a confession that sunk both of their ships, really. It was, yeah. But it was. Well, in the letters, the letters that um, mm-hmm. they got a hold of in London that yeah. when they were in jail 
the mm-hmm. you know talking about what had happened and mm-hmm. and stuff between those two things they they screwed themselves over they right may think they are super smart and they were he was oh what did he get he had a couple of really oh, yeah. really prestigious scholarships mm-hmm. and she was considered to be very bright as well yeah but um they really sunk their own ship here mm-hmm. yeah not the smartest criminals for sure oh no actually just so arrogant i mean at the end of the day it wasn't about being stupid it was about being above everything it was yeah it was the arrogance was really the 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 thing that took them down mm-hmm. yeah well guys that is the story of elizabeth Hasem yeah. and jens soaring and the murders of nancy and Derek Hasem. so very famous case one reason it was very famous is because jens trial was televised and that was the very first time that had ever happened yeah and now you know as Mm -hmm. we cover other cases that is pretty much the norm in big murder cases but his was the very first one to be televised so if you are a true crime connoisseur and you Mm -hmm. like watching trial film um i guess you have yen soaring's case to thank for that Because that's what started it all. It is. It is what started it all. Well, thank you guys for being here with us today. This is our Tuesday case. And we will be back tomorrow with another awesome case. As well as uh, Wednesday night, we will have our Wednesday night live stream at 7 p.m. Mountain, which is our case update. And we have got some stuff for you. You do not want to miss that. Yes, Um, we do. And then on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Mountain is the Psychic Hour. It's the Psychic Hour. There you go. The Psychic Hour at 7 p.m. Yep. Absolutely. So you don't want to miss that. And you guys know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Thanks, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.